listening to the Sports Lab Report with Dr. Raj and Smitty. All right, guys, welcome to the Sports Lab Report. I'm Smitty. I'm joined by Dr. Raj. Dr. Raj, what's going on, man? How's it going, Smitty? Everything's good in the hood over here. Just trying to stay safe and enjoy my Sunday. Um, hope all is well with you. Yeah, man. Uh, so t- t- there's always a lot of news going on. The NFL's I, apparently coming out with a schedule next week, right? That's what I hear. I heard uh, NFL spokespersons have uh, said that the NFL schedule is coming out sometime next week. They haven't exactly said when, but we're all embracing it. We're all kind of sticking tuned. We're staying tuned. Um, I'm staying by my phone, you know, and I want to. I can't wait for that schedule to drop because the NFL is pushing forward like nothing's wrong, like nothing's happening. The NFL is trying to make this season happen, and you know they're they're just pushing forward. They're going to make their season go as best as they can. It looks like they had the draft. They're they're firing all cylinders, so I'm excited about that season drop. Yeah, I feel, I feel like drop. I feel Goodell's been 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 useless in a lot of ways, but I feel like we got the right man for the job to force an NFL season. Because it seems like that's that's definitely his agenda. Now, my, my concern is that we have some kind of uh, relapse or some kind of emergence of corona during the year. Because once you get, as we've seen, the, the country had almost you know no reported cases and went from you know fifty to a hundred, then thousands, and it just grew exponentially. So all it takes is one case on one team to shut down the entire league or put it on halt. So I'm not so concerned about it starting. I'm worried about the season not having hiccups along the way that shut everything down. Yeah, I agree because you never know what uh, you know people are exposed to and things like that. As good as we practice social distancing, these players, you know, it's it's 90 man roster when the season starts, and then uh, they cut it down to 53 when the regular season starts. Uh, I should say 90 when training starts, um, and, and you know all those people around each other. Something people are interacting with each other. You never know. And right now, they don't have any, you know, antibody for it. They don't have the vaccine. So until they figure out something like in that area, uh, people are at risk. So it's hard to see them really um, even starting the season. But if they do, you know, it's going to be a risky thing because, like you said, can they quarantine one player um, versus the rest? How's that going to work? Is the whole team going to be quarantined? And at the end of the day, like you said, Goodell is pushing for the NFL league. The owners are about to make, they want to make that money. And the person that I know close to the Niners, um, he says, you know, he spoke to someone in the front office and they said that they can lose upwards from 100 to $300 million, 100 to $300 million if they don't have a season, you know. So they may play without the fans, uh, which is one option. But either way, they're trying to get the season rolling because of the money. But again, like you said, uh, the exposure, the risk during midseason is very high. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. They're also talking about no overseas games in 2020. Kind of actually like that. I don't like the the one early game or two early games kicking off way ahead of the other games. I like everything all at once, Dr. Raj. Everything in one sitting. Um, so I'm actually okay with that. I also feel like it, it, it takes a toll on players when they're traveling. And it's hard to you know expect from a fantasy po- football perspective how that's going to impact players. Uh, and defenses, and you know, sometimes people have weird games overseas and, and poor performances and stuff. So, give me more uh, local uh, games. I like that part. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Um, what other news is out there that you think's worth uh, talking about here inside the uh, Sports Lab Report uh, News Lab? So, you know, we got to hit the Sports Lab and, and look around the, the area and see what's going on. But, you know, 
there's not a lot of news right now. The draft was the draft was last week, the NFL draft, and everything's kind of dying down. Um, of course, there's no sports in the world, but there has been a couple things lately, like the Cowboys. They signed Andy Dalton, and people are going crazy. Des Bryant, you know, he made a big statement saying that that's disrespectful to Dak Prescott, and a lot of fans are kind of inter- are reacting that, you know, I, what, what does this mean for Dak Prescott? And as I thought it was like a nothing burger, like you said yesterday, like it wasn't a big kind of a, a story, but they're making it as a big time story. Like people are sitting there saying. It's a big impact for Dak. I think because we don't really have a lot of stories going, that people are making this a big deal. What do you think of this? Yeah, the, the, the Big Red isn't going to put any risk, uh, enter any risk in this situation for Dak. I think what maybe people are like kind of gravitating towards with this is that Dak you know, is potentially thinking of holding out or or making a stink over not getting the amount of money he wants, and that this move, because Dalton is potentially starter-capable, and we're talking at the lowest end of that spectrum, bro. We're talking about a guy that can maybe start for like the bottom 10 teams in the league. Um, people are feeling like because he's starter-capable, that puts pressure on Dak. And maybe they did, in one, one way, want to make Dak say, hey, I'm not going to play games, I'm just going to come out and play football in 2020. Um, if we even have a season. And so this could be to apply a little pressure on him saying, hey, we have someone capable and we're not going to be strong-armed into you know whatever figures you want, Dak. That could be at play. But at the same time, man, there's, there's just no comparison talent-wise. And there's no way the Cowboys want Dalton starting. Every quarterback needs a backup quarterback. Every running back needs a backup running back. It's almost so stupid sometimes when people react crazy when a team brings in a backup player of any kind and they just assume, oh, you know, this guy's here to compete. No, Dalton's not there to compete with Dak. You know, he's a safety net for an offense that just invested a lot at wide, wide receiver position, man. With Cooper and the now C.D. Lamb and with Gallup already on roster, with Zeke Elliott being one of the best receiving backs in the league, it's smart for Dallas to have a backup plan, especially if Dak got hurt. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I 100%. That was my take on it. We talked about this the other day uh, live on the podcast on your YouTube show. And I said the same thing. I said, listen, any team that's, that's smart, any team with a good quarterback or a high-paid quarterback or that's getting ready to pay a quarterback a lot of money, which Dak is you know, close to doing. I'm sure they're looking into it and then doing their due diligence because that's what it takes. If you don't just sign someone, those contracts take a lot of time and, and money and effort and, and patience. So if they're going to give Dak a lot of money, you have to have a valuable um, and, and serviceable backup because what happens if Dak, that's the worst-case scenario, if Dak gets hurt, guess what? then that whole Cowboys team is going to go crumble because they need a serviceable backup. Because imagine, they're making a playoff push, and then all of a sudden here comes uh, an injury, unfortunately, for them. They don't have a guy that can come in, pick up the offense, and kind of move them along, and they're going to be, you know, SOL. So it was, yeah. a, it was a smart move for the Cowboys, getting a veteran that knows how to pick up a system. He's been in the league for a long time, so I'm sure he can learn an offense um, and jive with those receivers. You know, the type of receivers they have are guys that can help them succeed. So... Worst case scenario, he is definitely a you know serviceable backup in the case Dak is uh, you know hurt, but nothing more than that. I don't think he's gonna put pressure. He's not. He's not taking Dak Prescott's job. Come on, let's be honest with yeah, ourselves. Yeah, no, this it's it's ridiculous thinking, and I you know there there are bigger news items I think out there than Dalton, but for whatever reason, as you said, people are making the most of this one, and so we got to talk about it. 
Like just because in 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 the 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 lab, the news lab, Doctor Raj. Just because something we don't we we're gonna shoot it down doesn't mean it's not worth talking about. So we're definitely gonna bring up the most controversial topics and either let you know that it's news or fake news or fake news news. However you want to say it, we're we're here to shoot it down and we're shooting that one down. I'm gonna insert kind of some kind of gunshot here, Doctor Raj, and shoot down this this piece of news. This is garbage. Or or maybe we pour some some lab acid on it or something. I don't know. Let's sink that sucker. In a big uh, uh, vast of, of, of acid. Um, let's, let's, yeah, let's pour it down. Let's put some hydrochloric acid and burn it. Throw it out the roof. Anyways, you know what? The next story I want to talk to you about, Smitty. This is, this is kind of crazy to me. So, 2017 draft class, right? Um, the fifth-year options were due um, this week, right? And teams got to make that choice. So, listen to this. The first five picks, I wanna, I'm going to read out the names. You have Miles Garrett. You have Mitch Trubisky. You have Solomon Thomas, you have Leonard Fournette, and then you have Corey Davis. Those are your top five picks in the 2017 NFL Draft. There's only one of those players that had his fifth-year option picked up, and that's Miles Garrett. That means Trubisky, Thomas, Fournette, and Davis, two, or four, four of the top five picks did not have their fifth-year option picked up. That's big, man. That, I mean, the front half of that draft so they may not have their 50 year option picked up they may not even make it in the league at this point it's crazy to think that the top half of that top part of that draft um did that bad you know they made bust so this is make or break for all of these guys at the end of the day you got mitch trubisky he's a he's pretty much a bust at this point you know solomon thomas leonard fournette those guys there's so much uh red flags and and you know they didn't pan out. So what do, what do you think about that situation? I mean, so yeah, Trubisky. I feel like Trubisky's not gonna ever be anything big at at the NFL level um, ever again. I mean, they brought Foles in. They want Foles there. Foles is the guy. Uh, Trubisky's done in my mind. You know, he's he's a backup. And even if they gave him a shot, I think he's gonna falter and, and give way to Foles. You know, if for whatever reason they gave him uh, Fournette's the guy that you know I can talk all day long about in terms of being a bust. Um, I was wrong about him last year. I was right about him the year prior when I said he would bust with his his weight loss uh, experiment that he tried to to pull with a guy that needs padding, uh, you know, more than the average running back because of the the aggression that this guy runs with. But with his injury prone rushing style, the fact that he's injury prone to begin with, but his his style of play is going to lead to injury. The fact that the team wrote him off in January of last year, decided to give him one more chance. And, and clearly such a locker room cancer, they, they're trying to get rid of him right now for, for a seventh-round pick and can't even get it done. Um, now, I'm, I'm not one that sticks to my guns no matter what, Dr. Raj, if he goes to, like, Tampa Bay, let's say, because the, the asking price is ridiculous. Some teams should take a gamble on him. And let's say Tampa Bay gets him for a, a ridiculous uh, draft pick in exchange for him, then I'm going to adjust and adapt. That's fantasy football. you got to be able to do that. I can do that. I have no problem saying, hey, you know what? He's a total bust long-term, but for this one year going to Tampa Bay, he'll be great. I can do that if the time comes. But as of right now, we're assuming that this guy is going to completely uh, fail people in 2020. And I've been saying this since, you know, all offseason long, well, for three years. And in people that have been drafting him in the in the top of the second, mid-second, have been saying I'm crazy. Now we're starting to see people back off this. He's a second-round player because people see that the team doesn't even want him. He's obviously a locker room cancer. So for me, I'm staying clear of Leonard Fournette. That's no, that's no news. News. That's that's uh, that's definitely par for the course for me. What do you think about Fournette? Yeah, I mean, I, I 
Yeah, I totally agree. We talked about this the other night on our uh, YouTube show, and we said the same thing. We agree on this one, you know? It's like the Spider-Man meme where we're pointing at each other. We had the same thing. Yep. Where basically, Fournette's aggressive running style, it's just going to grind him out of the league. You know, at some point, he's going to just flame out because he's putting so much pressure. He's a great talent. He, there's no, no discrediting that. But as you said, he's got a lot of red flags. When management doesn't want you, when coaching staff doesn't want you, and they're giving him away for a seventh-round pick, to me, that tell that screams there's something going on in the locker room. There must be some tension. You know, there's those red flags. And at that end of the day, you know, the injuries and all those things have kind of piled up. Um, I'm not high on the guy. But, again, there's going to be some team that's going to take him and, and take a gamble because if he's, his asking price is that low, there's teams that want talent and they're trying to rebuild. And maybe they think a fresh start with them can change him for the better. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of instances in the NFL where – Sometimes you just need a fresh start. As a Niner fan, I've seen it myself. Marquise Goodwin, Matt Breida, we love them as fans here in San Francisco, but they weren't making contributions, and we gave them an opportunity to go somewhere where they may be used, uh, utilized better or more frequently. So sometimes that change of uh, you know scenery is good, and I think that may help Fournette in the future. But again, his running style, it just, to me, just isn't great for a long-term stability in the league. Um and then also, speaking on those same guys, I want to kind of transition and talk about Solomon Thomas because he's near and dear to me as a Niner fan and a, Niner, a guy that covers the Niners. Um, Solomon Thomas, he's one of those guys. I didn't get his option picked, his fifth-year option picked up. People say he's a bust. You know, the Niner fans, a lot of them, um, they just don't like this guy because they passed on Jamal Adams. There was a lot of guys that they passed up on. And Adams is the guy that everybody thought the Niners were going to get that year. You know, and they all wanted him. And... This was John Lynch's first draft, you know, rookie GM. They, they made some big hits. They've done great job drafting over the years. In that same draft, they got George Kittle, you know, fifth-round pick, probably one of the best players in the NFL, you know, arguably the best tight end. But they also got Reuben Foster. They traded up to get him, and they got Solomon Thomas as their number three pick. So there were some mistakes, and a lot of people hate this. But at the end of the day, Solomon Thomas has had some um, big-time mental uh, hurdles he's had to go through his sister committed suicide mentally he wasn't in the game he was played out of position they played him at a defensive end instead of playing inside on the line so those factors can take you know part in a player not making um the big the big jump that they need to as a player not hitting their potential but you know sometimes being drafted in the first round doesn't guarantee success but these guys show that because again for every solomon thomas there's a george kittle so um, I'm pulling personally. I'm pulling for Solomon. Hopefully, in his fourth year, he can really break out. And John Lynch has said he's going to give him more opportunities, play him more. So we'll see. Um, just, but just like Fournette, these these guys, this is basically their last chance to yeah. have anything. Yeah. So uh, uh, before we jump into the entertainment lab and talk about this uh, this Michael Jordan documentary, and I'll let you speak on it. Um, any anything else like M- NBA related? Like are there is that completely on hold as of right now, the NBA season? Like, what's the the game plan for the NBA? So, yeah, pretty much all the sports program, all the sports leagues are on hiatus. They're waiting. It's just like we talked about earlier in the NFL. It's Are they going to be um, able to find, a, a, you know, a suitable vaccine or a suitable plan? Because there's travel involved in when you're going into the NBA. I've heard somebody pitch around the idea of a designated playing spot. For the NBA, you know, one arena where people go play the game so they don't have to travel too much. I've heard that. Um, I've heard different things, you know, and I've heard some 
Um, people talking about are they going to just scrap this season and then restart fresh? Uh, I think the league wants to restart or, or, or just restart where they were, finish this season, but it may not make sense, you know. So when would there, this? So, when would the season have ended? Had had we not had the hiatus? I'm just curious. I, I kind of I'm, I'm so geared in football, like I kind of forget the dates. Yeah. Like, are we way way past um, the like when when would it have ended? So right now, actually, right around this time would have been the playoffs would have been going on mid mid april ish the playoffs would have started the regular season would have been done um we'd probably be somewhere in the playoffs and the season is usually over by uh mid-june so everything would be wrapped up by june so we're should be in the playoffs right now so that's not too bad i feel like they could they could overcome that and and shorten some things up and just it's going to be weird the the problem is going to occur here is when you're missing a year of statistical yeah. data you're missing a you yeah. know championship year you're like that's just that's crazy in in a sense that that we're not going to have you know a, a finals for 2020 essentially or 19 yeah. 2019 to 20 season so i i don't know it's cr- crazy man it's I, crazy. I, I i definitely feel like uh it's just you know this is like uh hopefully this doesn't reoccur and reemerge in 2020 sports, like it, you know, it wiped out all of our 2019 stuff. Yeah, I mean, if it's up to LeBron James, they're gonna have this season and finish it because he even said he goes, "We're finished the season," you know, because his team Lakers were poised to, you know, win a championship. They they were on a good run. Yeah, um, you know, Laker fans would be upset. I mean, any fan or the team that was, you know, primed for a big run, you got to be upset. So, hopefully, they finish it off. This, yeah, this season. I want to kind of see because I want a championship. For, I want a champion for this. Year, yeah, you know? they'll have a shortened off season, but that's okay. You know, if yeah. if they can still pull that off. Uh, okay, let's go to the entertainment lab uh, where we're talking about this documentary, which I haven't caught up with fully. I need to. If first of all, where can people talk about what it is? Where can people find it if they want to start now and they're late to the party, and uh, or they're like me and where they've missed episodes, and they need to re- recap. Where do we find this? Uh, this uh, show, Dr. Raj, and talk about it. So the last dance, Michael Jordan documentary, ESPN has started this. It's a 10 part series. Um, and every week they show two, they're hour episodes. So you got basically five weeks of greatness. And, you know, growing up in the nineties, uh, Michael Jordan was pretty much everybody's favorite player. You don't, you didn't even have to be a bulls fan. You just knew, you know, I gotta be like Mike, Michael Jordan. It talks about the bulls that last season where they went on that six, championship but it's not just that they talk about you know michael jordan as a player growing up the whole story of him stuff that you may not know some of the players around him uh, like scotty pippen there was an episode there was a lot of insight on scotty pippen that was pretty cool dennis rodman last week this week they're talking about his relation with kobe Bryant. you know um rest in peace to kobe they're gonna do a, a, a bit on that and how they kind of um how jordan said he was like a little brother to me so it, it's really interesting to see the impact Jordan had not only on the NBA but on the players uh, around him. He was one of the most transcending players. People that play nowadays, LeBron James, you know, those types of players, they looked up to him. That was the guy that made them put a basketball in their hand and want to go play and, and, and be a star. So, so where do we find it's a pretty this? Pretty nice look. Where do we find it? It's on ESPN every every day, 9 p.m. Eastern. It starts 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, they start it and they run it for the two hours. Uh, ESPN. They, they run it, and then you could probably go on their website. You could probably get the ESPN app. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube to, to look at um, episodes and catch up. 
but ESPN has it. You know, you can set your DVR to record it and, and catch up, uh, things like that. But they show the replays. Like today, they're showing the replays before uh, the episode, the new episodes air. But every Sunday, they're, they're airing the new episodes. So okay. today, we're on episodes five and six. So. Okay, I need to catch up on the last couple. Dude, um, it's really good, man. I'm I know. a big Jordan fan. And you I know, love there's Jordan. the debate. The debate, oh, LeBron, Jordan, who's the GOAT? Who's the real GOAT? I mean, we could sit here and have a whole show just on that. Yeah. But um, it, it, it is amazing. It's, it's a great Jordan, bro. They do it. Yeah, he's, without Jordan, there's no LeBron. Although yeah. LeBron, man, I love the guy. I respect him. He's a great Heck yeah. athlete. He's more than an athlete. He's done so much for the community. I, I love LeBron. I'm yeah. a LeBron fan. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Spurs fan, actually. I'm a Spurs oh, wow. fan. Is my NBA. Growing up, you know, I'm actually, my family's from... Texas, Southern Texas, so it's, it's funny. That was the only thing that stuck with me uh, was being a Spurs fan because all my family was, so I, I kind of rooted for them, and I loved David Robinson growing up, and then as I got older, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, but man, I always loved Jordan, and growing up, you know, I had the shoes, the jersey, the yeah. everything. Yeah, you ever you ever hear that story about David Robinson where he, he went off to war, he got drafted and then uh, to the NBA, and then he got, he went into uh, Air Force, was it? Air Force? or uh, uh, the, the He's the admiral. He went to the navy. That's navy, navy, yeah, the admiral. admiral. You're yeah. right. He went to the navy, yeah. left and came home, and he was like, you know, half a foot taller or something when he came yeah. back. And is like a, literally, you draft a player, and <laughs> I don't know if it was exactly a half a foot, but it was something crazy. And I, crazy, I think yeah. I heard his grandma hit him with a broom when he came home or something. <laughs> She's like, "Who are you?" He's this tall dude. Like, you yeah, imagine dra- drafting a player, and then they come back, and they're like taller. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, man, this guy's going to be even better than we thought. It's kind of like Jordan. You know, they didn't make the varsity team as a sophomore because he was too short. Summer comes, he trains so hard, he grows six inches, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're on the team. So, I mean, sometimes that's all you need is just that growth spurt. Yeah, Jordan, uh, man, everybody everybody emulated Jordan growing up. I was That, oh, was, that was the guy I tried to be like whenever yeah. I hit the court and, and – I think anybody our age, you know, because that was our era. It was like that's yeah. all you did is you you hit the court, you know, you you just you played out like you were Michael Jordan, you know, on your on your driveway. Tongue wagon. Yeah. You drive into the hoop layups, tongue wagon. Yeah, tongue. You wore the Jordans. <laughs> I mean, that's all. I, I remember. I had my Jordan jersey. I wasn't even good at basketball, but I thought I was because I had my Jordan, and then I had my jersey, and I was, you know, tongue wagon. Pretending I'm Jordan. Oh man, it was yeah, good old, good old times, days, man. good old days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's hit, let's hit the fantasy, the fantasy lab real quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, hold on. Let's, real quick. Speaking of documentaries, I just want to throw this one out there. If you're looking for things to watch because it's quarantine, ESPN also did a nice documentary, Project Eleven, on Alex Smith, man, former Redskins and former um, Chiefs and former 49ers quarterback. Number one pick of the 49ers, uh, Alex Smith, uh, a couple years back, he had a compound fracture of his right leg. He went through 17 surgeries and an infection. They almost amputated his leg. It's an amazing insight of yeah. what he's had to go through. Got to check that out. Man. Yeah, that's a good one. I've, I've seen clips of that. Saw some of that on your IG. His leg looked just awful. Like, I can't believe that's. I can't believe he's still walking, let alone training to try and return to the to the NFL. We'll see how that works out. Um, I, I'd say if anybody needs something non-sports related, watch uh, The Last Kingdom on Netflix. It's uh, like a, a gladiator meet, meets Vikings. Or, I'd say no, Vikings meets like Braveheart-like type, you know, show. 
It's it's freaking awesome. But Last Kingdom. Um, okay, hit into the fantasy lab real quick. Um, there, you know, there's not a the NFL draft. Obviously, is the the main thing you'd want you'd want to probably talk about in terms of fantasy football right now and, and the news that's going on. Um, I, I can't talk enough about Clyde Edwards-Helaire and how I think he's going to be a top five overall running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, in, in Indianapolis is a good landing spot. And these two guys are probably your number one and number two overall rookie picks if you're doing a rookie-only draft coming up. Um, everyone knows by now, I'm sure, if, if, if we have, like, people that are listening to this for the first time and don't know our content at all, I, I'll just say that, that Clyde Edwards-Helaire has – such an amazing skill set um, and a left to right ability that he's going to walk into the best situation he could possibly dream of in a spread out attack for the Super Bowl defending champs who who are going to spread defenses out for this guy to do his left and right wiggle moves um, in, in open space and and just a real quick story on this and then I'm going to leave it at that 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 Andy Reid was brought his name by the GM Leach, who said, "Hey, watch film on this guy. He's better than your Brian, or he's as good as your Brian Westbrook, the guy that Andy Reid watched play college football, watched break records, and Andy Reid sought him out and brought him into Philadelphia and turned him into a superstar." So Andy Reid knows a lot about Brian Westbrook, and so does Leach. And so he said, "Watch this guy. He's as good as Brian Westbrook." And Reed watched the film and came back and said, "No, he's better than Brian Westbrook." So it's it's just like this. This is the perfect match of of GM and coach wanting the same player that we've seen in a long time. And and the fact that they spent a first rounder not only made up the first drafted running back in the entire 2020 NFL draft class, they spent first round draft capital on him. They're going to use him. And they dialed up or they text messaged Pat Mahomes. Uh, I believe they're all in the same text string and said, hey, Patty, who do you want? Name a player in this draft. And he said, Clyde. He said, Clyde. They didn't talk to him ahead of time. They weren't prepping him. They weren't on the same page, uh, you know, preemptively. They just all wanted the same player. So it's just a match made in heaven. And and the news that's floating around out there right now, this would be in our news lab we should have talked about, is that Damian Williams is expected to start, according to reports, and to the GM that Damian Williams is going to start the season and split carries with Clyde. And it's dropped Clyde's uh, value a little bit and caused a little buzz amongst communities that are super into the idea of making this guy, you know, the 1.01 in your rookie-only drafts or making him a second-rounder in redraft. And people are freaking out already because of this news. This is coming where he's, This is coming from the GM that said this is the best player in college football I've ever seen. He likes him. He will use him. Don't worry. People are freaking out. You, use it to your advantage. I, I'm, I'm going to leave this fantasy, the fantasy lab uh, uh, note on this and just say that this guy will be a top five running back at the NFL level very soon and be a top 10 running back as a rookie. Uh, Dr. Raj, do you have anything fantasy related to add whatsoever? Uh, well, I want to I add to that Clyde Edwards kind of tidbit, which is I, I agree. You know, he's a top he's a top running back. He played in the league uh, conference, SEC. He played against elite competition. Um, he has the abilities, and in the Chiefs' offense, I mean, that's dangerous. They're going to find ways to put him in, and I know Damian Williams has got the nod. That's smart. Of course, he helped them get a Super Bowl championship. they got to reward the guy. He's worked hard. You don't just say, okay, now we're done with you. They're going to ease in the rookie. They're going to just ease Clyde Edwards because that playbook doesn't – you don't learn it overnight. Damian Williams has a head up. He's going to kind of get the, the reps, but eventually they're going to ease in Clyde. And as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more adjusted, as they figure him out and, and figure out how he 
fits their offense more, he's going to pick up steam and be lethal. And I think, of course, Tammy Williams is the starter. But to start, he's got to earn, you know, he's earned his reps. He's earned himself. But over over the next year or two, you'll see Clyde Edwards is going to take the role and not look back. The guy is built for that offense. That offense is dangerous. And at the end of the day, the Chiefs offense is so good. You can have multiple running backs and do good in that offense. And they can both get great stats. Yeah. So, He's People gonna, that are freaking out are, are just crazy, man. Yeah, he's going to get such amazing yard per carry production, and he's going to just you know take things house on one carry. He could be limited early on and still be very impactful from a fantasy uh-huh. perspective, but nobody cuts like him left and right. Nobody finds the hole better than him. No running back has patience or the ability to let a play develop and then decide later which direction to go, make defensive uh, players commit into a place they can't retreat from or back out of, and then pop something out to the outside and he can run in a you know gap plays, zone plays, doesn't matter. This guy's mastered the running back position and and, and he's an amazing wide receiver that'll catch 60 balls in his sleep on a even a 14 15 game season. Every season he plays 14 or 15 games. So, get ready, get excited. This is the next Maurice Jones Drew. I know it. Injuries the only thing that can stop him. Now, Dr. Raj, we're going to end uh this this show on a 49er uh note. So we're going to go to the 49er lab, and what do you have for your 49er people that have found this podcast, and they're like, hey, give me some 49er news, Dr. Raj. 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl this season, that's all I know. Revenge tour, baby, right? No, but um, let's talk about that 49ers draft. It was calculated, very, very good draft the 49ers had. I mean, listen, you lose DeForest Buckner because you couldn't pay him the $21 million, which I'm happy for the man. He earned every single penny of that but you had to replace him and Javon Kinlaw was the perfect replacement he's a command attention on the line he's a monster he's very tough he's uh he's gonna annihilate people and he's gonna command double teams he's gonna be that space eater they need that to open it up for Nick Bosa D Ford Arik Armstead they need that guy and also you have DJ Jones and Solomon Thomas and all these guys but at the end of the day Solomon's unproven DJ Jones is coming off injury Contavious Street Julian Taylor they're both coming off of ACL tears and, and Ronald Blair also who's a big time part is coming off of ACL. So Kinlaw was the move. It was smart. You lose Emmanuel Sanders, tough, great veteran. He helped this offense a lot, um, helped give him veteran leadership. But you replace him with Brandon Ayuk, who is Shanahan's number one receiver on his board. Ayuk is going to be great after the catch, just like Debo. He's a dynamic weapon, crazy catch radius. He's got the crazy wingspan like Calvin Johnson-esque. Um, they nail those first two picks. You replace two starters with two guys that can be key contributors and starters. Unfortunately, the Niners lost Joe Staley to retirement, but they took a hell of a trade. They did a great job. Finesse, another finesse by John Lynch and the Niners. They got Trent Williams, a left tackle that's just, you know, one of the best in the game over the last couple of years. He's got fresh legs, you know, seven-time pro bowler. You replace an, a legendary player with a legendary player, and that's going to come in right in. He's played with Shanahan, um, and he knows the system. He knows that zone running his own blocking system. He's going to come right in. He's eager to start. How many? How many returner? How many returning starters do you have this year? I have everybody except those two, DeForest Buckner so, and, um, uh, and Emmanuel Sanders. Sorry, actually three because they got rid of Mike Pearson, and Mike Pearson was a very big liability. He's one of the reasons they lost the Super Bowl. His pass protection was very poor. They replaced him with with probably Dan Brunskill, who's going to start at right guard most likely. And Dan Brunskill is so much better. His pass protection was one of the best in the league when he played. I think Mike Pearson was a liability. If you watch the Super Bowl, if you watch a lot of the games, Pearson was 
horrible in coverage uh, or in pass protection. I no disrespect to the guy, but they lost three starters on the team. Plus Joe Staley, that's four. But you replace Joe Staley with Trent Williams. That's kind of a. I mean that. And, that's amazing. And the Chiefs, I believe, are the, are also they're they're returning twenty out of twenty. Twenty of twenty-two. 22 so we've players. got like eight. We've got like eighteen. They've got twenty. Yeah. Um, that's that's scary. Day, those, that's, that's scary for the rest they, of the league. Yeah, they were, both those teams are returning their Super Bowl roster for the most part. It doesn't always happen, and that's why they got rid of. They traded DeForest Buckner because they were able to bring back Arik Armstead. They were able to bring back Jimmy Ward, two solid veterans that hit that are starting to hit their prime. Um, I mean, it's tough. You got it's the business part of the game. Fans are upset. They lose Emmanuel Sanders, but you got Ayuk, who's got years to develop and become a great player. Kinlaw, same thing with him. Years to develop, become a star player. You know, Trent Williams, stud player. And I, then they got some good, good depth players at the end. I think Jawan that Jennings. Remember this name. He's a seventh round pick, but he could be a steal. He was valued as the seventieth best. Uh, like number seventy, rank seventy, he was taking that two seventeen. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think the teams to beat this year are clearly going to be the Niners and and the Chiefs, and then the, I'd say the the Saints you could throw in there, the Seahawks you mm-hmm. could throw in there, and I think the the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be in there. I know a lot of people think this could be one of those situations where it's a super team that doesn't mesh well and it doesn't do well. I think Tom Brady's going to have the last laugh of this whole chicken and egg debate between him and and Belichick because. And unfairly, in some ways, in some ways, he's earned it too, and I think he's good enough still to deliver with a good supporting cast. But he's not given a good supporting cast; he's given an amazing supporting cast. He has the best wide receiver crew he's ever had, and and you know maybe they do acquire another big play uh, running back through through a trade. So you know it could be Fournette, could be whoever. Th- this is just uh, this is just a phenomenal situation for Tom Brady to walk into. Um, getting Gronk was absolutely orchestrated and and unbelievable when you reflect back on it. It makes a lot of sense now, but for a player to come out of retirement and basically say, send me to this team with my former quarterback, and for it to all work out was just in, insane, um, in my opinion. But I, I think those are the top teams. Any, any other teams you want to throw in there in the mix? Uh, I pretty much agree with those teams, I think. I mean, Seattle... They're do or die behind Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson stays healthy, they're going to be good because you can't deny Russell Wilson's talent. You know, um, he's great. He's a great player. They've lost some players, but no matter what, Russell Wilson's going to keep them in any game. He's slippery. He's a snake. It's hard to take him down. Yeah. Um, I would probably add the the Ravens. Uh, yeah, in definitely. That group. They're De- still a team to beat. Definitely. They're only going to get better. That offense is tough. You know, Lamar Jackson's still. You know, early in his career, I know teams are still going to, they're going to figure him out and take away his legs, but he's still good. I agree. The team is great. Um, that defense is solid. Uh, I would add the Ravens. And, and I'm, I'm going to also add, you know, as a, as a, I don't, I wouldn't call them an underdog, but they're definitely below those teams in a lot of people's minds. The Cardinals. The Cardinals have a shot, I think. Maybe they're a year away, but I think they have a real shot at being a top six, top seven team overall uh, in the NFL. They're, they're up and coming. They're up and coming. Yeah. They're going to be better than. Many people give them credit for. They got a great offense, but right now, on paper, they look good. But you can't be paper champions like the Browns last season. Uh, <laughs> one team I would definitely add there um, that that's not getting enough credit. I think they're going to win the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills. This team looks solid. Josh Allen. They added Diggs. Yeah. They got that nasty defense. They're good. Bills man. look good, man. I like the Bills. The Bills. Look good. All right, Doctor Raj. 
that's a wrap on the first show here. Uh, I pr- uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good run of uh, long list of content we got out there. Thirty seven minute show for for show one. Um, any anything you want to maybe add to the mix next time? Let me know. Um, and if you guys listening want anything in particular, let us know. Um, you can find Doctor Raj on Instagram at rsf 49ers rsf 49ers um and you could also find him on twitter same handle or what's your twitter handle dr raj same handle same. RSF 40. i make it easy for people yeah you know, it's, it's the just oh, technique keep, yeah keep oh, it simple stupid yeah o-u-r-s-f uh 49ers so just yeah. follow him there you can find me at sleeper u s-l-e-e-p-e-r the letter u.com and, and then of course at my youtube channel which i i have i make it easy for people too dr raj you can go to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show or you could just go to smitty one.com smitty the number one.com that redirects you over to my youtube channel where dr raj appears on the regular on saturday night so follow us both um i'm on ig at the fantasy football show and, and dr raj rsf 49ers and you guys can get on over to our website, which will house these podcasts and have quick links to both our content outside of this show, but also links to where you can find this show on all of your streaming uh, devices. So you can find us on, soon it'll be on iTunes, um, by the time you listen to this, iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, all those all those places you can find Sports Lab Report, which is this show. Dr. Raj and I are out. <laughs>